So generational gaps in the church are nothing new. They've been around forever and every generation has dealt with them and has had to kind of figure their way through them. And sometimes it can feel like the only thing that you have in common with somebody from another generation is that you're in the same place at the same time. I know I've felt that way. So today and for the next few weeks, we're going to run through four generations. We're going to talk about millennials, Gen Xers, boomers, and Gen Zers. And we're going to discuss how their experiences and their personality traits and their dispositions affect how they interact with the church. And so this week, we're going to start off with millennials. And why are we going to start off with millennials? Well, because I'm a millennial and we're the best ever, right? And besides, you owe me this. I should be able to do anything I want, any time that I want. And I ran out of avocado toast this morning and somebody just honked their car door on the street and my life is so much harder than everybody else's life in the history of time. And so I deserve this. And because we're also the most brilliant generation ever to walk the face of the planet, I kindly ask you to be quiet because I'm about to teach you everything you need to know about everything ever. And I'm going to start right now. Well, hey there and welcome. My name is Mike and I'm a church helper and my goal today is to help your church make every decision on purpose. And now that I've shut the window, before we get going and identifying generational gaps, I'd like to give you a friendly reminder that you can catch this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, or you can get a written transcript on our website. So please take a minute to subscribe so that you never miss an episode of us there. And there's a couple other things I'm really excited to tell you about. Uh, the first is that we've started an online community specifically geared towards resourcing and encouraging elders. Uh, we really think that elders are really important. And if you're a church elder or you know one, this group really is perfect for you. And we'd love for you to join in with that. So that link is below. And also, if you enjoy what you hear today, it's really just a snippet of content that we include in our workshop about how generations experience church differently. And if you'd like a little bit more information on that, please let us know. We'd love to come to your church, have a visit with you and your team, and talk all about generational gaps and how to overcome them. So with all that behind us, let's talk about the most important thing of the day, millennials. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, we millennials were born somewhere between 1980 in 1996 or 2000, maybe depending on who you ask. And that means right now the oldest millennials are 40. And hey, you know, I know what you were thinking. It was just a minute ago our generation was pushing the boundaries and taking everything over and now we're settling down and we finally moved out of our parents' house for the fourth time and we're just starting to gain traction on down payments for a house. Seriously though, uh, like many generations, millennials have been through their share of cultural and technological changes, and many of them affect how millennials actually interact with the church. And here's the big one. It's millennials are really used to change, because if there's one thing that you can say about millennials and change is that it's really just a hand-in-hand -hand relationship. It seems like for our whole lives, there's very few things that have stayed consistent, especially over the course of the last 20 years or so. And there are many areas that millennials have seen change from education and school safety and passports, you know, you name it. But let's use the example that everybody can see because everybody's affected by it. Millennials have experienced a massive amount of change in the area of information technology. So IT has changed the world in many ways over the last 30 years. And I'm gonna give you a small look into my life to see, sort of show you exactly 
what I mean by that. So as of today, recording this episode, I'm 35 years old. And in 1992, when I was six, I remember using a DOS-based computer, playing Super Mario on my original Nintendo and memorizing the phone number of my grandmother's house while using a rotary phone to make that call. In 95, I hit the jackpot when our family got a CD-ROM drive in their computer, but we didn't get a writer, so I was still using floppy disks to move files back and forth to school. And I was taping uh, songs off the radio onto my tape player. It was super Sweet. Now by the year 2000, which was my first year of high school, not much had changed. I was still using a Walkman. I eventually upgraded to a Discman. That was sweet. But then in 04, when I graduated high school, I had a computer in my room with Windows XP, super intuitive. I had regular access to the internet. And then by 2010, I was moving files with a flash drive, not a floppy disk. I'll tell you that story later. And I could download videos that I needed off the internet or I could stream them on YouTube. And by 2015, I was starting to use the cloud to move files around and get instant tech support online for things that I was working with. And now today in 2021, I can seamlessly move any piece of information from multiple devices without thinking about it. And this is just one small area of life where technology has evolved so much. And here's just a few of those examples that kind of I told you here. So I went from the hard disk to the floppy disk to CDs to flash drives and to the cloud. I went from regular Nintendo to Super Nintendo to the N64 to the GameCube to the Wii to the Switch. I went from a Walkman to a Discman to a mini disc player to an MP3 player to an iPod to Spotify. And I went from ICQ to MSN to MySpace to Vine to Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to Snapchat and now to TikTok. Now, during the life of my entire generation, I've seen and experienced the benefits of evolving technology. And I've been excited about the next phase, right? Generally speaking, millennials are comfortable and excited about changes because we're what you would call digital immigrants. And being a digital immigrant means that I grew up in a world where I remember when newspapers and the evening news were my only sources of what were going on, but those aren't my primary sources anymore. I remember switching the TV channels by hand or waiting until the next day to see a hockey box score in the newspaper, but that doesn't happen anymore. And then there's the church. I've been in the church for my whole life, and I love the church. And I know the church isn't about evolving technology or how well those things move. I'm aware of that. But correct me if I'm wrong here, that change isn't something that always comes easy to the church. And when we're talking about the internet or the printing press or when Jesus redefined who our neighbors were, whether we're talking about any of those things, change isn't something that the church, like the institution, has become super comfortable with yet. And here's why this matters. When millennials, who are church outsiders, look into the church and see a building, a program, a thought process, an approach to its neighbors, a dress code, technology, that looks like it hasn't changed since before they were born, they honestly think, is that place really for me? That's not a place that understands current culture. That's not a place that really knows what I'm going through. That's not a place that's relevant to me. The truth is, a lot of millennials just can't see themselves there. Millennials have experienced culture and technology so differently from the church that it doesn't seem to connect. There's like this thing that says, should I even go there? And we go back and forth about whether or not it's right for that's, you know, what churches should be all about. We can start sentences with, well, back in my day, or people should just know they need God or whatever. But the reality is, is that's just not the world we're living in. And you can lament that, but then you need to come to terms with it because we need to see that a cultural gap has formed 
and ask ourselves, what can we do about it? And this isn't a problem that we can solve all in one day, nor is it a problem that will probably ever be solved entirely. But here is one step that you can take in your church to understand millennials better and to close that generational gap just a bit. You can choose your hills worth dying on carefully. Now look, I'm not looking to start anything here, but if your church is still digging its heels in about a projector in the sanctuary or certain types of instrumentation or only allowing people who are members to participate in your church, then not only do I think you're dying on the wrong hills, I think you're probably taking up the wrong battles altogether. Now, some people will say we should die on a theological hill, and I'm not gonna get into that right now, but what I'm saying is this, if you're not making simple and easy changes to how your church operates to help those on the outside picture themselves as a part of your church, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Now, for example, and I know this should be an episode all on its own, but we've known for a while now that the place that community is formed has shifted, right? 20 years ago, community was primarily formed in person, but now it's primarily formed online. This really isn't up for debate. It's the reality of the world that we're living in. So if your church refuses to have an online presence or it still advertises in the newspaper or it thinks that people who aren't in the building aren't a part of your church, you're going to have a hard time getting to know people who still need to get to know Jesus. You just, you just will. Because engaging with people online should be a given. It's not really a hill worth dying on. It should absolutely be a primary part of your outreach, especially if you're hoping to reach out to millennials. So what does this all mean? Well, it really means this. The amount of change that millennials have experienced over their lives has not only gotten them used to change, but it's kind of got us to expect it. And when something doesn't change, for better or worse, we see it as something that maybe should be left behind. Now, you're not gonna be able to change everything at your church, and I know that, and I'm not even saying that you should, but I'm saying this. The places that you can make changes you should really consider it. If for no other reason than it shows an entire generation that you're willing to move along, that you're willing to stay relevant and to meet them where they're at. Because refusing easy changes shows millennials, a group that really only knows change, that you're not really for them. And I think that's not the message that the church probably wants to send. So that's my challenge for you this week. Have a peek at your church. What are a handful of areas that you could maybe make a little bit of a change or an adjustment that wouldn't be a big deal? Examine the hills that you're dying on and then have a conversation about it and see if you can reach a few more millennials with the message of Jesus in the process. Well, that's the end. That's it. Kind of makes me sad. I'm done talking about myself. Oh, well, that's okay. Hopefully we've helped you and your church make a decision on purpose today. Please make sure you take a minute and like and subscribe to the podcast, our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you don't miss any new episodes that are coming out every week. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Church Helper. You can get into our weekly email list, or you can book a free 30-minute call with me. We'll talk about whatever you'd like. All those links are attached to this episode. And if you really enjoyed today's content, this is just one small part of an entire workshop we built about generational gaps and how generations interact with the church differently. And I'd love to chat with you about that if that sounds like something you'd like to bring your church through. So reach out to us. Get the conversation started. Let's talk about how we can identify generational gaps and overcome them so more people can get to know Jesus. That's it for me. I'll talk to you again really soon.